Should note that was recorded sometime back in early May. How's it going for you, by the way? Because How does it look like it's going? <laughs> it's sailed. It's not it, going. It seemed like from that clip that you're one of those, Carlin, that when you get this idea that you're going to get into shape and start eating right, that you go so extreme week one or day one that you're probably over it within a few days. Oh, you're doomed for failure at that point, right? It's never let me just ease my way into this. It's not eh, let's just go for a walk and do some easier things. It's not, you know, no, it's go all out. Eat nothing for four days and then eat everything. That's exactly what it is. Unsustainable. Uh, That is, of course, the voice (laughs) of Chris Carlin. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson filling in for Chris Canty. You can tweet to me and Carlin at Chris Carlin at Amber W Sports. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at 1-888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-729. Three seven seven six. So, Carlin, for a while there, it seemed like the Warriors KD trade rumors had died down a little bit. Now, it's been weeks since, remember, Mark J. Spears originally told us, hey, keep your eyes on the Warriors. There might be something to that. Maybe Kevin Durant could reunite there with his old team with a trade with the Brooklyn Nets. However, it seems of late, like maybe that wasn't going to happen. The Warriors have one of those issues that several other teams across the league have with Ben Simmons' rookie extension since they traded for Simmons. Then the Warriors would not be able to include Andrew Wiggins in any sort of trade package, which you would assume that he would be a key piece that the Nets might want back. The Nets would want picks in return. The Warriors have picks. They wouldn't end up being great picks, but they have some key young pieces. We saw them win a championship this past postseason. So we know they have some key young pieces. Would they be willing to mortgage the future for another little run here with KD in the present? It was an interesting scenario. And then things got a little bit quiet until we got the soundbite from the owner of the Golden State Warriors. Without mentioning any names, uh, The Athletic asked Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, on the TK show whether or not the Warriors would be willing to trade away their stash of young players for a superstar. Here was the Warriors owner. I'm not going to comment specifically on any player. You know, you've heard, you know what this answer is going to be, <laughs> which is we will always look at any opportunities to make ourselves better, to try to win a championship. And if we thought it was something better to do for the team, we would do it. You know, we have to weigh short-term, long-term and all that. We have to weigh the financial uh, obligations in both scenarios, but we will do all that and, and make the decision we feel is best. That doesn't sound like a no, Chris Carlin. It certainly does not. That certainly does not. I, I have to wonder a couple of things. We have heard Nick Friedle come on on ESPN and, and other places who was there at uh, Golden State covering that team when Kevin Durant was out there and has been in Brooklyn for the last year plus covering Durant in both places. Nick has talked about how when it ended in Golden State, Durant and the Warriors kind of needed it to be over behind the scenes. Like it was time even though it was only three years, that it was time for it to move on. I am sure that Durant would want to go back, but there's a few things at work here. Number one, how would that whole dynamic work out? Is that something that, I I don't know if it was 
an unbreakable situation. But when you hear that something has run its course and it's only three years, like that doesn't sound like it was a terribly long time. In other words, it was pretty easy for it to run its course. These guys didn't necessarily all feel like they were pulling in the same direction. Well, and it was really tense that last season. Remember right. the stress of that last season that KD was there. And then, of course, the fractured relationship that seemed pretty apparent between him and Draymond. Yep. And now you hear Draymond say things like, you know, like it's funny, early in the postseason you heard him talking about how much more important Steph was to them. And then you've heard some things since the postseason ended about how much he loves KD. You know, <laughs> maybe trying to get him back. Remember last time he brought him in the first place, calling him behind the scenes. Hey, we could use you. Come on out here. Yeah, I, most recently, I think, on Draymond Green's podcast, he said that, uh, you know, it shouldn't harm KD's legacy, that he would be going to another team, that that should not be a knock on KD's legacy. So no, it does appear no, Green is trying all. to make nice here with Kevin Durant. Because it's a business decision, and we shouldn't get knocked for making business decisions. So a couple of things, okay? Just number one, is that a situation where the relationships are irreparably damaged that they couldn't bring it back together? Number two, if you're Durant and you left to go do it on your own, what does it look like if you're going to go running back? Doesn't look good. Like if, if we are going to talk about what his legacy is and already Draymond is saying it shouldn't affect it, eh, it would. It would because the argument would be, why don't you just stay in the first place? And number three, um, Durant in going to play now with Steph after they have done it already without him again, mm-hmm. like I would, I would have trouble wrestling with that if I were kidding. That's why this can't happen. It yeah. can't happen because already Durant, frankly, doesn't get enough credit for those championships because he joined a 72-win team, right? He joined a team right. that could already have he the success. He was the best player on without those teams, him. He was though. the best player on that team. He was yep. the best player in those finals, but he doesn't get enough credit because everybody already takes it away from him, those championships, to some degree because of the team he joined. Now he's going to rejoin that same team with the same core when they're also coming oh. off another championship. It's total lunacy to me from the Kevin Durant perspective. Now, Carlin is not up to Durant. We know that, but it is kind of a little bit up to Durant, right? Like the Brooklyn Nets can't just send Kevin Durant to someplace that he would absolutely not want to be. Now, would he actually not show up when he has four years left on his deal? Maybe not, but would it look good to the rest of the league and any future potential superstars who ever want to make a deal with the Brooklyn Nets? Probably not. So they probably want to reach some sort of destination that all parties can agree on. And I just have a really hard time believing that Kevin Durant would agree to go back to the Golden State Warriors. Maybe if it was 2020 or 21, like one of their down seasons and they hadn't made the postseason, he's going back fine. But they, he can't do it now coming off of a championship. Now, the one thing I would say about this, Amber, is that if you are the Brooklyn Nets, the argument is certainly there to be made that Golden State has the best package to offer you in terms of players. Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole. Are you going to get three better players than that young in their career playing at a high level already? Are you going to get that? Well, Wiseman, you think, can get there as a rim protector. 
but I don't know what he's going to be for the long haul. Are you going to get three players like that and potentially some picks in there? Yeah. You're going to get no, a better. No, I mean you could even throw anywhere? like a Moody in there or uh, you know yeah. some other people. They have the young pieces to trade, and we saw the contribution of those pieces. The problem is, again, the Wiggins can't be traded straight up if they're keeping if the Nets are keeping Ben Simmons right. on their roster. Which what a stupid darn rule uh, that is. I, I mean, just yeah. so so silly. I don't but know you can't who have was two asking players for that role. traded. On that, oh, on so, that rookie it's so extension. Ridiculous. Uh, but apparently, it, trying to prevent super teams, I guess. So, I, Wiggins would be a hard component of this deal. Maybe there'd have to be a third team in there, or the Nets would have to move Simmons as well. I, no, I, it would be hard to get better than like Wiggins, Pool, Wiseman if you could do it. The problem is the Golden State Warriors don't need to do it. That's the other problem here. Why do the Golden State Warriors need to do it? They just want a championship with the team that they have. So they're a championship winning team. Yes. Would it be a little bit easier if Kevin Durant was on the team? Probably to win another chip or two, except for those other three guys that I just mentioned are so much younger than your core three. They now have championship winning experience. And so now maybe you could go into the future. So now maybe you're talking about your championship window being the next 10 or 15 years, as opposed to you bring KD back and you're talking about maybe two well we are making the assumption at that point that those three players are good enough to step in and be the next core you know we don't know that yet I would say that in that case I'd argue for the bird in the hand you give me Durant I'm gonna win two of the next three championships minimum minimum I'm gonna win two of the next three and I can put a nice bow on what this run has been and I could also tie the Bulls, you know, for that kind of a stretch in the 90s. That, that would be a heck of a legacy to try to put together. It would be a legacy for the Warriors, maybe not a heck of a legacy for Kevin Durant. Oh, if that's the only place that he's winning championships. So coming up next, talking about cores, what about the Lakers core? Should they shake it up? Maybe should Kyrie uh, make an appearance as part of that Lakers score. We will get into that. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin here on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance, here to help you score big savings. To see how much you can save on auto insurance, visit Progressive.com. So, Carlin, we assume that Kyrie Irving is probably going to end up on the Los Angeles Lakers at some point because, in part, doesn't seem like there's anybody else who's interested in acquiring Kyrie Irving, which 
that in and of itself is remarkable because of the caliber of player that we are talking about. I mean, when that Brian Windhorst report came out and said that there's not much of a market beyond the Lakers, it was almost hard. Even me knowing all the drama with Kyrie and being a person who, of course, has been critical, like most of us, uh, about Kyrie, it is still hard to imagine that there is no market for Kyrie Irving. But it seems like that before he opted in. It seems like that now that it seems like he's available on the trade table, it is just really hard to wrap my head around when I think about, hey, even 50 games with Kyrie Irving is still pretty remarkable, even if he doesn't show up for all 82. Yeah, listen, he is a, an amazing talent when he's on the floor. He can absolutely blow your entire team up, though, and we have seen that happen here in Brooklyn the last couple of years, and it's not just the vaccination stuff. It's also just taking a couple of weeks off when he feels like it. Um, it it's, I, I, I can't believe that we have gotten to this point, but I honestly think that if, if he ends up in L.A., LeBron will have absolutely convinced Rob Palenka or whoever that he has the secret sauce to Kyrie, and, and Kyrie split up from LeBron after they won a championship for Pete's sake. So after that, he admitted that he didn't know what he had with LeBron, but I don't, I can't, I can't predict what Kyrie's going to do. It, not, not where he's going to end up. I can't predict what he's going to do every day when he wakes up and decides what's important to him on that day. My biggest knock on him right now, Amber, is that basketball is not, outside of family, basketball is not the most important thing to him. And it's fine for that to be the case, but you can't expect a team to pay you $45 million and have basketball not be the most important thing to you besides your family. It, that's what that's, that's not fair. exactly my feelings as well is what I've always said about Kyrie because he's always you know sort of exhibited or at least in the last year he's exhibited this attitude really the last couple of years that you know there's things out there that are much bigger than basketball which of course there are uh but you're being paid to play basketball that's the complicating factor there whoever trades for you is trading away assets for you to play basketball you know it's totally fine for you to have bigger things that, that you consider bigger to to worry about in life or want to put your energy into, it might even be incredibly commendable. It's just not part of this conversation when we're talking about trade options for the Brooklyn Nets in trying to move your deal. And the reason that there's a lack of a market out there for Kyrie is because it seems like other teams around the league are also concerned about that very thing that, hey, basketball maybe isn't it for this dude. And so will he be showing up for this team night in and night out? And how much am I willing to mortgage in order to get that? Even though he's an unbelievable talented player but it seems like it's the Lakers or bust and so it feels like the Lakers situation has to happen at some point LeBron has a lot of control you mentioned the pressure that LeBron could be putting on that front office there LeBron is eligible to sign a contract extension I, th I don't have it in front of me I believe it's August 4th it mm -hmm. seems like so far he has no I don't believe he's given them any indication that he's planning to do that uh, that's certainly a pressure point if he doesn't do that it makes the lives of the Lakers front office much more difficult because they certainly get more flexibility if they get that kind of commitment from LeBron moving forward
The other thing that's making their lives difficult in the front office of the Los Angeles Lakers is that the Brooklyn Nets don't want Westbrook's contract back, reportedly, in exchange, which they would have to move Westbrook's contract in order to acquire Kyrie because Westbrook's on the books this season for $47 million. And then the Lakers also don't seem to want to mortgage the future to the tune of a 2027 or 2029 first-round pick. And that seems like a requirement for the Brooklyn Nets. If the Lakers aren't willing to do any of that, then this deal's not going to get done. The Lakers are being silly. If that's what's holding it up, the Lakers are just being silly because let's just call it what it is. They're in a terrible situation right now given what happened with Russell Westbrook. If you have to give the Nets both picks to take Russell Westbrook and to get him, then you do it because you have no choice in this situation than to double down. And could it be twice as bad of a mistake? Yeah, it could. It could be an absolute nightmare for the Lakers. But they don't have a choice. If, if you want to go and win another championship, LeBron, AD, and Kyrie is the best opportunity you're going to have. And that has to be more important to you than a draft pick eight years from now. And LeBron doesn't care about your draft picks from years from now. I mean, LeBron is a player at 37 years old. He cares about winning now. He doesn't care about what you're doing in 2027 and 2029 when he's playing with his son or red, long ridden off into the sunset somewhere. He doesn't care at all about the Lakers rebuilding this franchise at that point. And so if you have LeBron James on your roster, the greatest player of this generation, you have to capitalize on the fact that he is in his late 30s and this is your window right now. You have no idea what that roster is going to look like in 27 or 29. And frankly, Carlin, you have no idea if whoever you could draft then is anywhere near as good as even Kyrie Irving. Is there a player around the league that you could look at right now that is available that could have the effect on the Lakers that Kyrie Irving could? Well, that's available. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. Kevin Durant would yeah, that, uh, be better that, than Kyrie point- Irving. All right, but, but, but where you have enough to trade to the Lakers. Him, let me rephrase that then. You're right. Where you have enough to trade him without destroying the core. core of LeBron and AD. Because no, you're not no getting Durant player. without giving up AD. That's right. not happening. Right. And I, by the way, something I would consider doing if I yes, was and, Los and, Angeles Lakers. And even still, like it's going to cost you more than that uh, to do it. Because if you paired LeBron with Durant, then yes, you'd have an amazing opportunity to go and win another championship. And, man, that'd be fun to watch. It but would be, it, but I don't the, see it. The more realistic option is that you get Kyrie. And best you pair him to... with AD and LeBron. That's the realistic option that could actually yep. get done, that might actually be feasible, that I expect at some point here will actually get done. These two sides are going to have to move uh, and budge some. But also, there's a bunch of reports circulating. The Nets do want to get the KD deal. KD deal done first and if that's the case then that's another thing that would be hampering Kyrie to the Lakers just for the time being coming just, up next yeah I, I I'm I'm I'll be they got to double down I would absolutely go after Kyrie coming up next ESPN I don't even know by the way if Kyrie LeBron and, and AD necessarily wins you a championship but it gets you a lot closer than Westbrook yeah. does coming up next <laughs> ESPN radio two a days we have been taking uh, two teams every single day breaking them down for you in the NFL as we lead up to training camp today first up is the Denver Broncos we'll get into that next 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Denver Broncos. It was time. It was time for the Seahawks to go their own way and for Russell Wilson to do the same thing. It's a tremendous honor, you know, and you know, I'm really excited to be here. And just it's been an amazing experience so far. The old adage, if you don't have one, you know you don't have a chance. We got one in Russell Wilson. And um, I got to tell you, it feels pretty good. It just feels like, hey, we're playoff bound. Now it's just can we win the AFC West or not? So we are in the midst of our ESPN Radio Two-A-Days. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, filling in for Chris Canty. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin, at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So you heard it there on the open that ESPN Radio Two-A-Days today starts with the Denver Broncos. So, Carlin, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do a little SWAT. That means strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. So let's start. Give me your strength this season as we enter into training camp for this Denver Broncos squad. Well, I think they've got a couple of different strengths. I'll start. The obvious is Russell Wilson. They have a quarterback, okay? And that is everything that they've been dealing with for quite some time now, really since Peyton Manning was done. Um, to me, their, their strength is twofold. Outside of that, it's wide receivers. I love who they have at wide receiver. I think they've got guys who can make big plays all over the field. And they can get to the quarterback. You know, they moved Baron Browning and changed positions this year. They have good, really good pass rushers. I I like their abilities there. So for me, the strengths are big-time playmakers at wide receiver and getting to the quarterback. For me, the strength is actually going to be their defense. And the reason I'm doing that is because, of course, like their offense is right now getting all the attention, which is what happens when you acquire a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. I get it. But I do think that Broncos fans will be excited what their defense can do for them. And in a large part, Carlin, because they're not going to have to carry the offense anymore and cover up the inept offense uh, in some of those mistakes. So they can be a little bit more free, I think, with their game planning defensively. There are some elite caliber players on that defense that just haven't taken that next step because of injuries. I think you'll be able to get that next step from them. And again, they'll be more rested. They'll get more time here with a much better offense on the other side of the ball. Uh, They have a solid group, especially the D-line. Uh, I like some of the players like Draymond Jones. He's been a solid player. I feel like he's on the verge of like moving into that elite status so he could have a breakout season. DJ Jones, he might be the best 
signing not named Russell Wilson of the offseason for them. So I'll say defense is actually going to be maybe the not so obvious strength of the Denver Broncos. Let's talk about weaknesses now. Who you got, Carlin? Um, I, I, their offensive line is a little bit, I, I, I would call it a bit of a weakness right now. Like, are, are they going to be consistent in their play this year, it helps a lot. Like it's going, the numbers are going to look better because you have Russell Wilson and he will get outside the pocket and make plays and get away from the pass rush. So they're going to look a little bit better in protecting the quarterback, but I don't know how much better it's going to be this coming year. That's that right now. I would consider a weakness. I will say that their division is their weakness, right? I mean, that's really going to be the biggest impediment if we're talking about them making the playoffs. It's the toughness of the AFC West. You can argue that that is the stiffest division in the NFL, and it's certainly going to affect them on their way to try to win a title. So I think that that's probably the biggest weakness that this team faces is who else is in that division with them. What about opportunity? Who has the biggest opportunity or opportunities to grow? Well, I think the the biggest opportunity for them is the fact that the first half of their schedule, they can do some damage. They could win. They could win at least five games in the first part of their schedule. They get they get Seattle and Houston in weeks one and weeks two and week two. Uh, then they get San Francisco at home. They get Indianapolis at home. They get the uh, Las Vegas in between there. Uh, a trip to the Chargers, but then the Jets and Jacksonville to close out weeks one through eight. I mean, that's an opportunity to win a minimum of five in my mind, and they could win six there. If they start the season six and two, they're in really, really good shape. And that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think Jerry Judy has a tremendous opportunity here, a player that's been misused, I think, by previous coaching staffs. I think really these receivers generally, I mean, you're talking – about, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the the O-line, you know, hopefully an improved O-line because you're going to have a new scheme there. I'll get to more of that in a second when we talk about threats. But obviously, Russell Wilson at the helm. I mean, that's going to be the biggest factor for those receivers. And so I think that they have a real opportunity to really take that next step with Russell Wilson throwing them the ball in that offense should look just so much more consistent than it has looked. I also think Russell Wilson has an opportunity. I don't I don't know if that's crazy to say. I mean, I think Russell Wilson is coming off of, you know, a couple down seasons, really a couple like down 18 months, I would say, for Russell Wilson. Now, given he had that surgery on his finger because he was playing through that finger injury through the majority of this past season. And that certainly affected him and affected his numbers. And then the fact that he was in Seattle on a mostly bad Seattle team, that certainly affected his numbers as well. So I think he has a real opportunity here to sort of revamp things, even though we already know the greatness of Russell Wilson. I think it could still be somewhat of a comeback type of season for Russell Wilson in a new uniform. All right. Threats. What is your threat? To well, the Denver Broncos? It, it, for threats, it, to impede their progress, the division, and and it's kind of you know you used it as the weakness. It's it's similar because, I mean, think about this: the Broncos. Is it going to shock you if the Broncos finished anywhere from winning the division to fourth in the division? No, it, it, me neither. It won't. I, I'd be surprised if they finished fourth in the division, but it wouldn't stun me. Because that division is just that good. And you can say that virtually about everybody in that division. Um, So with that, that impedes progress in terms of wins and losses, certainly. 
Yeah, it's really hard to unpack the Chargers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos this season in terms of how that one is going to play out. Uh, My threat was your weakness as well. Uh, We flip-flopped here with threats and weaknesses because it's the O-line for me. A new offensive line, you know, scheme, a new philosophy, and how that's actually going to pan out even with a more mobile quarterback at the helm. I think that that could potentially uh, stand to be a threat to a quarterback that, you know, is aging as well. So there's that component and did spend last season playing through injury. Boy, Coming up, we will bring in some really help. like Russell Wilson, I think. I like Russell Wilson. <laughs> I just, you know, it's... Am I wrong? No, I like Russell Wilson. He's good. He's good. He's very good. He's very good. It's been a down couple seasons. Like, he hasn't been knocking my socks off the last couple seasons. Okay. I think we give him a, 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 lot, of, a, a lot of credit uh, based on the entire resume and kind of forget where it's been so far. But we'll see if he has a resurgence now that he's in Denver. And we will continue this Denver Broncos conversation coming up. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I don't know if you saw this, but Lamar Jackson did the thing. He did the thing that everybody does in 2022 if they're a professional athlete, where he essentially subtweets, but he does it with the header picture of his Twitter bio. So he puts up a picture, you know, the big picture that's at the top of people's, not the profile picture, but the big picture that's at the top of people's Twitter, by the way. Hey, shameless plug. You can follow me and Chris on Twitter at Amber W sports at Chris Carlin. Well, Lamar Jackson, he puts up as that big picture on the header of his Twitter bio, a picture of a gold grill teeth, teeth gold grill not the type you barbecue on and it says i need money stamped into the gold grill (laughs) now it's a photo from how high from the movie how high it is a photo from that but we know that lamar jackson is entering the 2022-23 season without a deal done he's on the final year of his rookie contract which is frankly unheard of for a quarterback of his caliber to be entering the final year it appears that he's going to show up and play Maybe ill-advised, I don't know, uh, if he doesn't have a deal in place. If he can't reach a deal with the Ravens, and presumably they'll end up franchising him next year, and this saga may even continue on. But the market we know is out of control with Lamar Jackson because of what happened with Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen and what these quarterbacks have commanded on an open market. And so he wants his money, and he happens to put up a picture that says, I need money in a gold grill. And then he does the thing, Carlin. And the thing is, he says, I don't know what the big deal is. I, that's not a shot at the Ravens. I was just happenstance. I'm just such a fan of the movie How High. Yeah, I, listen, at contract time for me, I did the same thing. I understand it. It's just, you it's, put up the picture of from How High? No, and- I actually got the grill. <laughs> <laughs> you, you walked into your boss's office at ESPN? Yes, exactly. No, look, it's just, it's funny. And it's one one little extra thing to talk about and to add on to it. Now, the thing that I do think is smart by him is now you're starting to hear him, um, whether this is part of it or not, uh, actually want to pursue a new contract before 
uh, training camp or the season. I think that's an incredibly smart move. There's, I'm all for betting on yourself, but I'm also all for being smart. And I don't know that an extra million or two a year based on what he's going to get is worth playing through this entire year uh, considering how much he leaves himself open to get hit. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not show up uh, and and risk it. If I was him, I would want some sort of security there. The movie How High came out when Lamar Jackson was four years old. Chris Carlin I, and I really have a hard time believing that it was age appropriate and that he saw it at four years old. Probably I don't think he saw it at four, but he saw it. But later. it's that it's old of a movie. A like you're that big of a fan of a movie in 2022. Come on. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Denver Broncos. It was time. It was time for the Seahawks to go their own way and for Russell Wilson to do the same thing. It's a tremendous honor, you know, and you know, I'm really excited to be here. And just it's been an amazing experience so far. The old adage, if you don't have one, you know, you don't have a chance. We got one in Russell Wilson. And um, I got to tell you, it feels pretty good. It just feels like, hey, we're playoff bound. Now it's just can we win the AFC West or not? Winning the AFC West. That's a big if. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Amber Wilson filling in for Chris Canty alongside Chris Carlin. You can always join the conversation on the CC call-in line at one triple eight say espn 888-729-3776. We are in the midst of our ESPN Radio two-a-days. We just unpacked for you the Denver Broncos, but let's bring in some expert help. Jeff Legwald, ESPN's Denver Broncos reporter, joins us. And Jeff, thanks for joining us. Obviously, the conversation most notably as we head into training camp here shortly around the Broncos surrounds Russell Wilson what is the expectation what would Wilson need to do this season if anything to be considered a failure and Broncos fans would freak out or are they just so excited he's there that there's just nothing that he can do wrong right now well Amber there's always this potential for freaking out uh around the Broncos but uh I I think I would liken this to uh Peyton Manning's arrival and in 2012, the only difference was that Broncos somehow made the playoffs the year before at eight and eight. But I think the anticipation here is, you know, this team hasn't played in a postseason game since they won Super Bowl 50. So uh, I think that's the expectation that they're back, you know, sort of at the grown-up table in the playoff conversation, and that, you know, even even general manager George Payton has said. He thought this was a team with potential that just needed a push and that Wilson is the move the team made to give it that push. Jeff, how should we view this offense now when you have Wilson, you've got terrific playmakers at wide receiver, but you've got concerns on on the offensive line? Well, Chris, that's that's true. They, They have probably three spots sort of still open when train camp opens in a couple of weeks here. So uh, they think they have the players to play those spots. It's just a matter of who gets picked uh, essentially, but there is a little turnover there and they do have decisions to make uh, up front. And, you know, I, I think another move is just the new coaching staff, you know, their, their offense hasn't really made sense the last two years, particularly. I don't, I don't think they've been particularly good at, matching their personnel to what they actually did on the field. And I I think that's been one of the goals of 
of Nathaniel Hackett and the new staff is to, uh, you know, not only be more productive with a better quarterback, but have a better plan. Use the people you have in, in a much better way. I mean, uh, Jerry Judy should not finish the season without a touchdown like he did last year. And uh, but that's just the type of uh, sort of personnel usage. It, it didn't always make sense the last two years, uh, especially. And, and I think that would improve things as well to just have a better idea of how you want to use the players you do have. Jeff Legwald, ESPN Denver Broncos reporter, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. So, Jeff, the focus is obviously on the offense because of the addition of Russell Wilson. But that defense seems like that it should be a force to be reckoned with as well. And and now it doesn't have to carry the offense. So that should also uh, be a bit more freeing defensively. What do you expect from that defense? Well, I think they're hopeful they can, like, play with a lead for a change. You know, they haven't been able to sort of rush opposing passers because they, they're never in the lead, uh, especially over the last two seasons. Uh, and, you know, other than Russell Wilson, the biggest move they made uh, in the offseason was to sign Randy Gregory to a, a $70 million deal. And, and I think they see Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory giving them, you know, one of the better pass rush duos, you know, if they can stay on the field. Uh, in the AFC, and that, that was the other thing. You know, the AFC West and the AFC in general, every, you know, everybody's racing to make the big move, and, and a lot of those came at in the pass rush. You know, it seems like every team in the AFC West now has a sort of a pass rush duo, and the Broncos are hopeful uh, they have one of the best ones in that regard. And uh, I think they have one of the best young players in the league in, in Pat Sertan that, the second, and I think they do feel good, especially athletically, you know, team speed and, and their ability to match up against the passing offense they're going to face. Jeff Legwald, ESPN Broncos reporter, joining us, Canty and Carlin, Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Jeff, when you look at the AFC West, this is as good of a division as we have seen in a long, long time in the league. Quite simply, what has to happen for the Broncos to win the AFC West this year? Well, you know, Wilson's got to be everything they thought he is and can be uh, to start. And then, you know, it, it it's going to be one of those deals. Who avoids that key injury to a key player uh, that takes away your big plan, you know, of the offseason? Because uh, I, I think, you know, everybody's made big moves sort of at the top of the depth chart at a lot of positions, but it's going to be that team that has the talent overall, but also enough depth to, to survive those one or two injuries that, that come to the marquee players. And, and I think that's going to impact it, but uh, I, I think the, the general consensus, even among the folks with the Broncos, is that you're going to have to score a lot of points to hang in and, and sort of the defenses that play those specialty downs, you know, third down red zone uh, are going to be the ones that are the difference in the end, because everybody in the division now has the ability to score points, to score points quickly and has a quarterback that, 
is considered, you know, either at the franchise level or, you know, whatever you think of, of Derek Carr, uh, nearly the franchise level. So it, it's going to be those specialty downs on defense that uh, probably ultimately decide things in the end. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for sure. Jeff Legwald, ESPN Denver Broncos reporter. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Thank you. It will not be easy for the Denver Broncos, even with Russell Wilson at the helm because of that division that they're in. But it'll certainly be fun to watch. Coming up next, we're going to go back to ESPN's rankings of the top 10 NFL quarterbacks. This is Canty and Carlin. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.